2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast. The podcast about video games and nerd shit and just two friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me as always is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. And we back again, baby. True story. How is yeah. your week going this week, Mr. Merc? My week is going pretty good. My wife actually forced me to, well, she didn't force me to. She suggested that I take a break from work because apparently I work all the fucking time. So yeah. <laughs> I can see that. So, yeah. yeah. So today I just legit dropped Nora off at daycare and came back home and hung out and didn't do any work. And it was great. Started to watch Beverly Hills Cop 2 mm-hmm. and then was like, eh. So, so then it's, then instead I started watching the season three premiere of Titans that just came out mm. the other day or it was today or yesterday, mm. but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dope so far. So that's what I was up to today. Besides that, the most notable thing is that I've moved my backwards compatible PS3 from my testing area to my living room because I would like to play older games in my living room and that's where i play in my living room i don't have a separate game room unfortunately i used to at our old place in the basement but i never went down there because it was cold and basementy let me ask you a question (laughs) would you like to have a ps2 classic of course how much money would you pay for a ps2 classic Um, i'd pay 100 bucks for a ps2 classic okay so here's the deal I could probably build you one. Yeah. But here's what I would need. I would need a very specific type of PS4 with a specific type of firmware. Mm. Uh, So PS4s coming out after a certain date would not be viable. But if you find it, I know you do a lot of thrifting. So if you find an older PS4, I could literally retrofit that. We could rip our ISOs of the PS2 games that we own. And I could throw them onto the PS4 and actually add in using programs the splash screen that happens when you select a game i can mm-hmm. you know use it to make it like widescreen all that good stuff i could do that i could program it and in effect make a ps2 classic it's a project i've been kind of mulling around in my head for a while but i know the steps right uh, would you be interested in doing something like that i mean a, a little bit Okay, it's, well, uh, let's talk offline. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds sounds very interesting indeed. Okay, let's talk yes. offline. Like I said, there is a way that you can use a computer to rip your ISOs off of your PS2. And there is a way, since the PS4 has a PS2 emulator already in it, you don't have to worry about trying to get BIOS because that can get kind of tricky legal-wise. Right. Uh, but it would be all above board. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, yeah, and then that way you'd have a system that would already have everything downloaded onto it, dedicated to play your, your favorite PS2 games. Cool. Yes, okay. Yeah. Well, more okay. on that once we get things together, listeners. Just a, just yeah. a little tidbit of things to come. Plus, I just I would have a lot of fun working on something like that. <laughs> right. Well, cool, well, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got the backwards compatible PS3, and I'm loving it. The only thing is my entertainment center... So the backwards compatible PS3 is a fat boy. It's big. big it's big, fat. Big boy. And the area, <laughs> the slot for it in the entertainment center is so small. Not so like big. it barely fits in there. Nope. And then there's like a hangover ledge kind of. 
So when I try to put my hand to put a disc in, like my hand like hits this ledge. So I have to literally get down and like push the disc in with my fingertip. Mm. And it's just, it's a lot. Like, as you can imagine, my PS5 doesn't even sit in my entertainment center. It's literally on the floor next to it, standing vertically. Is it like directly on the carpet? Well, it's got the stand. What stand? You mean like it's laying horizontally and it has that stand underneath? No, it's it's standing vertically and it has the stand underneath. Hmm. All right, you're probably okay. I, I didn't actually use the stand on mine. I just stand it vertically without the stand or whatever, and it, it seems to work fine on my entertainment center. You probably already oh, okay. know this just being a guy that resells tech and whatnot. You definitely don't want to put a computer or a console directly on the carpet because static electricity can actually F it up. Um, mm. To be safe, mm. though, considering how low it sits even with the stand, I would probably put it up on a box or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if your PS5 dies, I'll die. Right. Like, I'm thinking about getting another one. What? Yeah. Shut up. Why? No, yeah. I, well, on the one hand, it's like, ooh, I can have a PS5 upstairs. <laughs> wow. But then on the other hand, I was actually thinking of maybe doing some type of giveaway at my uh, flea market booth. That would be where cool. Where if you spend a certain amount of money, you get entered to win. I PS5. like that idea. So you, yeah, so you could potentially spend... I haven't put any numbers behind it yet but you could potentially spend like much less to get a ps5 just if you maybe you uh, get like you know. uh, t- to make it accessible but also you know the more you spend the more you get maybe you get one entry per ten dollars that you spend yeah something like that that'd be cool mm-hmm. i like that idea a lot because listen derek i know that this is a first world problem you go upstairs you oh, yeah. play your ps5 fuck <laughs> gotta go all the way down the stairs to play your ps5 but right but hear me out there are starving kids in America right now who don't have a PS5, and they need your exactly. help for just a dollar a day uh, for <laughs> 400, 500, 600, for almost two years. You can save up enough to buy them a PS5. Okay, I know. All it's right. amazing. <laughs> Anyways, we're doing the, the Lord's work over here. <laughs> we at Player Two is there in the podcast. We most indeed do the Lord's work. Um, speaking of backwards compatibility. I found yet another game that my Series X won't play. Oh, no. Damn it. So, I don't know if you remember earlier this week, I did a TikTok about Lovecraftian-inspired games. Mm-hmm. And one of the games that I had showcased was Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. It's an old Bethesda game that came out on the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should play this uh, for Friday Night Frights. I'll pop it in my Series X, right? Because it, yeah. it, it played on my 360, but it was pretty rough. Ooh, it was rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was not optimized for 360. And I popped it in the Series X, and I got that all-too-familiar-now message. You can't play this. Visit this website for a list of games that you can play, stupid. The right, dumbass. <laughs> you, you idiot. And I was like, oh, Series X, why you do? So I am going to play Call of Cthulhu, I think, one of these Fridays. Uh, Today I'm actually going to, or tonight I should say, I'm going to be playing Obscure. So that'll be up by the time people are listening to this. But uh, I'm going to, I'm at the bus, I'm going to dust off my original Xbox Mm. and hook that bad boy up. Because I think that's probably the best way to play it. Although, to be honest, if the sale is still up, I might do this. Recently, I saw that Dark Corners of the Earth was actually on sale on Steam for like less than three bucks oh wow 
it might just be super i just don't i need to do some research and see sometimes the pc version of these older games is even worse off than the console version you know what i mean right yeah <laughs> so i need to check to see if like that's viable because i remember playing on 360 and it crashing and just being buggy and really difficult like the madness extended past the gameplay to the real world it was tough <laughs> i gotta tell you so they, they really went all out when, when it came to cthulhu right Speaking of going all out and wild cosmic weirdness, both of us saw a new show this week that I think a lot of people are really into and raving about. What if? What if? Marvel's What If. The Watcher is telling us about the stories across the multiverse. And can I just say, before we get into the show, the concept is genius. Mm-hmm. It is literally the type of conversations that we have as fans of comic books, the type of conversations that usually only get explored in the most obscure of comic books, if not fan fiction, if not a conversation around the water cooler. Right. Marvel is taking and simultaneously canonizing and like taking a hold of that content and 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 utilizing it. You know what I mean? They're going, OK, mm-hmm. let's just switch everybody up and write different stories and see what if. It's, when you think about it, it's amazing. The multiverse has really opened up a lot of possibilities for storytelling. Now, the concept of a multiverse is not new, but I feel like a lot more companies and IP holders are taking advantage of this as a storytelling device. Some are not mm-hmm. so good at utilizing it, i.e. see Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> and, and others, I think, are, are taking it to a really interesting place. And Marvel is definitely one of them. We only have the first episode to go off of because we're not professional reviewers. We did not get the first three episodes early. But right. what did you think of the first episode of What If? I enjoyed it. It yeah. was very fast paced. It didn't waste my time. Mm-hmm. The action and the animation was very crispy, very on point. The only thing that I would say is its detriment is some of the voice acting was a little oof, <laughs> a little iffy for me. That's fair. Uh, main, yeah, mainly Steve and hell, Peggy Carter herself. It was just a little off. But it was a little flat. I don't know if it had to do with how it paired with the animation, but I agree with you. Yes. Yeah, sometimes the anime, the facial animations didn't match the voices, which is weird for, you know, I'm sure they poured a lot of money into this. For some scenes, but... it's almost like they gave them a Valium before they sent him in the booth. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I, it's amazing that you brought yeah. that up because, yeah, I, I saw it. But, yeah, besides that, the what if series as a whole which i mean we haven't seen so we can't speak too much on it but Mm -hmm. i feel like marvel is gonna be constraining themselves too much to properties that have been seen in the mcu because if you've seen all the previews you know you're like oh black panther is gets picked up instead of uh star lord yeah yeah instead of peter quill and Oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are protecting New York instead of the Avengers. And, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man's got the Doctor Strange's Cloak of Levitation. It's just like... Also zombies. Right, also zombies. It's like mm-hmm. it's characters that we've already seen in the MCU before. And I mm-hmm. feel like this being animated would be a perfect chance for them to literally just plant the seeds for new characters that they have not used before. And be like, oh, hey, you remember that one half hour episode of What If? Good thing you watched that because this character's got a movie coming out or he's going to guest in this movie or come through a wormhole or, you know what I mean? Just I know exactly what you mean. And like yeah. you said, we haven't seen the whole thing, so we can't say for sure that they don't have something like that. 
Right. It's not like Marvel hasn't played it close to the chest or even outright deceived us before, right? Mm-hmm. But I agree with you, it would be a missed opportunity. However, I could justify them not doing that with the initial season just to get people eased in. I feel yeah. like there is a chance to go two buck wild and lose people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they've always been very careful and calculated. I mean, it's amazing what they already got to pass in the first place. And you go back and think about the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And how on board right. everybody was. I think that's just... They really did a really good job picking the director. James Gunn needs to get a little bit more credit. I feel like, I mean, not that he doesn't get enough, but right. what he was able to do with the Guardians and then most recently with the Suicide Squad, I wish that movie was doing better because it's fantastic. Right. And he, he did a really good job just being able to throw so much nonsense at you, but somehow still keep you engaged and keep you caring about it. And that's not an easy feat as not people have tried before and failed miserably, right? Right. I.e. every other director in the D.C. EU. <laughs> well, <Right. laughs> I mean, Wonder Woman is not nonsense, but... but yeah, like Wonder Woman was good. And yeah, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. Hopefully we will see some of that eventually. It would be really interesting. I mean, the Watcher himself hasn't really been introduced much, but that's not that mm-hmm. much of a stretchy concept. And where's that going other than just narration? He's basically right. our Neil deGrasse Tyson. The universe. Yeah. What if? <laughs> I forget which uh, stars. <laughs> I forget which movie they had watchers in the end credit scene. Oh yeah, where Stan Lee was like talking to him. Right. Do you remember that fan theory that Stan Lee is a watcher and that's why he's yeah. in all those movies because he just inserts mm-hmm. himself? That's which I love. Yeah, that would be it's great. fantastic. That's why he was up there talking to them. He had just hadn't switched back from his watcher form yet. <laughs> right. So my thoughts, I really enjoyed it too. I agree with you that the voice acting was a little flat at times. I also felt like, like you said, it was quick pace and they didn't waste your time. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was almost the first half of the episode was almost too quick. It's like it really hinged on you having seen the original Captain America. Yeah. It's almost beat for beat that first movie. Yeah. But, you know, just skipping to each, you know, major scene really fast. Right. I almost felt like while I was watching it, I was like, this is really interesting and cool. And I wish they had more time to explore it. Like I wish I almost wish this was feature length and Mm -hmm. be careful what you wish for. Maybe that would be terrible. Maybe they would do it and go, Oh no, go back to the episode. But pardon me in the beginning. But then once we got to the midpoint on where things really deviated, then I felt more engaged and like I wasn't just being rushed through a rehash of captain America. Right. Right. And that Mm -hmm. scene where Peggy, uh, so Steve Rogers gets to stay in play because Howard Stark basically creates an earlier version of the Iron Man suit. looks like the Iron Giant almost. And right. um, Steve gets to pilot that. So he rockets up and carries Peggy into a dogfight. And just the way that she throws herself around as a super soldier destroying those planes, that whole scene was fucking wow. Yeah, it was cool like, as shit. It was the coolest thing. Um, like the whole like, the whole show, I was like, "Damn, damn!" Like, yeah. what are you doing, <laughs> Peggy? Just, Peggy just and she was having fun too. She was like, "Body," <laughs> right? That's how Peggy Hill sees herself as Peggy Carter. <laughs> oh, Peggy Hill, yeah, she's like, "Yeah, yeah. oh, Hank." Right, um, it was good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, but, oh yeah. But uh, Captain Carter, I was a fan. I thought she, you know, again, aside from some scenes with flat voice acting. Thought she had a lot of charisma. I enjoyed seeing her kick a lot of ass. And that that part where she picks, I'm not going to say when it happens, but the part where she picks up a sword. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> so, was cool. 
I'm going to put in the show notes light spoilers, so hopefully <laughs> I should have said that in the beginning. Whoops. I'm not going to spoil everything. I think people should definitely go watch it. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what's in store for the remaining episodes. So uh, I think w- what would you like to do? Do you want to talk about it week by week or would you like to hold off and maybe do another spoiler cast with some guests? I think we can talk about it week by week. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll do that then. Because especially since get news in general has just been so light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lately, well, they, they, they may pick up. We're, we're heading on into they the might. holiday That's season. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. We'll play it we'll, by ear. We'll play it by ear, people. Let us know, listeners. Mm-hmm. Do you want us to do another spoiler cast a la Loki? Or do you want us to give, a, give some light spoiler-free thoughts every week? Maybe heavy spoilers? What, what should we do? What if... What if? Player <laughs> 2 entered the podcast and did both. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of what if, what if we played video games this week? What kind mm. of video games will we play? Derek, what if? I would play... If I did play video games, which mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, who, I would who, play... who plays video games? <laughs> right. I would play Sly Cooper from the Sly Cooper Collection mm. because... The aforementioned PS3 in my living room now. I can play it, and I was really enjoying it. And uh, the the reason I brought the PS3 in the living room anyway is so that Vicky could play Sly Cooper because she loves Sly Cooper. She's played the first three. I've mm-hmm. got Thieves in Time, so she's probably gonna play that. Neither of us have beaten that game, so that'll mm-hmm. be fun to go through. But oh my god! So I was <laughs> on the intro tutorial. You have to hold down the circle button so he'll sneak along the wall. And I mm. kept on not holding it and kept falling off. I was like, what the hell? How do I do this? And then I was like, oh, you got to hold it. Okay. And oh. I just felt so stupid. I was like, okay, it's G. <laughs> I hate when no that case. happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was fun. And I also played a lot of Judgment this week. And I ended up beating it. Yay. And it it was great. Okay, don't spoil me because I haven't. I'm not spoiling it, anything but, for but what you. Do you. It was great. What do you What do you think? What do you think? It was really good. Uh, the story goes some places, and some of the twists I could guess, but that still didn't impact my enjoyment of the overall game okay. or the story. And it gets really dramatic there. <laughs> really, like oh, at like the, like yeah, hello dramatic, end. like no, in a no, good no, way, no, or like, like in a good way, in a good way. At the end, there, I'm like, God, Jesus, oh, and okay. the, the final, yeah. that final fight, ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ooh, drama. <laughs> yeah, I still didn't get my super crazy yakuza style moment, mm-hmm. but it was still like the craziest thing in that game to me was when he was running away from that gang and he got on a skateboard and he started holding onto a car and doing tricks and shit with a skateboard. But mm, Okay. Uh, other than that, man, I, I really enjoy it. I can't wait for you to beat it so we can talk about it. And after seeing after I beat it, I watched the trailer for Lost Judgment, which comes out next month. And, oh, God, I'm so excited to play that because it looks like they've overhauled everything. Mm-hmm. that you can do it looks more like a yakuza game than judgment does because there's so many more side activities that you can do karaoke and you there's apparently a thing where you can go to a high school to help the dance team reach nationals or something and he's doing like a dance dance revolution routine wow. uh, you can go do a boxing match at the yeah. gym you I can saw yeah that. it's the just skateboarding uh, it looks fun yeah yeah there's a bunch of new cool stuff so and they added a fighting style, which I really needed because honestly, this whole game I was just using Tiger style the entire time. Oh, you yeah? got Tiger you, and you got Crane. You switch to Crane. I like using Crane. With I crowds. mean, sometimes I use Crane. 
Yeah. But yeah, Tiger style the uh Tiger opens the up though. You're right. Like the the abilities yeah, yeah. used to augment it to like increase the speed and whatnot. Tiger mm-hmm. gets pretty OP. So I, I understand. Yeah, because especially when you do the uh how oh, what is it when he charges up his key basically and then he does like a Bruce Lee one inch punch type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that press the square button. Yeah, yeah, and that fills up a whole bar of your. uh, I forget what it's called. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, heat gauge. Yeah, Yeah. that that juice used to to use special moves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And some of the oh man, the special moves in the game are good. So yeah, they're really good, especially the co-op ones. Well, not the co-op ones, but the tag team ones. Yeah, when you have a buddy that you're fighting. Yeah, it's amazing. I I love. I love the one where like you're fighting in the street and you do the move. And it knocks them down to where like a car almost hits them, and they're like ah! And you like pull their legs to so they don't their head doesn't get crushed by a car. But then you flip and slam them on something else. You're right. It's like it's like you save their life only to put them in the ICU. <laughs> exactly. And of course, I watched all the EX actions like yeah. after I beat the game. And there's one where the car almost hits them, and then they bang on the door, and then they the car I've door opens that. up. They th- yeah, they throw them in there, and it's two yakuza in the car, and they just yeah. put their arm around them and they drive off. Yeah, the car almost hits them. They <laughs> angrily hit the car like how dare you almost hit me. They roll down the window. You see it's gangsters, and then they kidnap the dude. And I'm like, "What?" That happened yeah. to me like during gameplay. It was fucking crazy. One thing I hate about the EX actions is you can't choose which one to do. It just kind of picks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So Well, you, you got to be aware this... of surroundings. Well, and, let know. me explain. Uh, so okay. you can drink in the game, you know, right? And mm. you can get an ability where your EX gauge actually fills up faster while you're drunk. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just constantly full while you're inebriated or whatever. But eventually you can buy a move that lets you do an EX action specifically because you're inebriated. It's basically like a drunken boxing move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend new players not to buy this move, however, because as soon as you do, no matter how drunk you are, you can go from one to nine, right? As soon as you use the move, it completely expels all of the toxins out of your body and you're no longer drunk. So you oh. lose the effect of being under the influence of alcohol just from using the move and it's very easy to accidentally use an ex attack because it's the same button as your heavy attack right which i no, it's, it's the same button as your grab i think right yeah yeah so when you go to try to grab somebody but you're constantly able to use that attack because it's just available whenever you're under the influence of alcohol you unwittingly drain the advantage that you had gained from being drunk in the first place i didn't i didn't like that at all that was bad design yeah, yeah. So that's my small baby tiny gripe about judgment. But I'm glad to hear that you had a good time with it. Yeah. And I, I wanted to start Yakuza 5 again this week so mm-hmm. I could rush through 5 and 6. And then after Tails comes out next month, I could play 7. Because I really, really, really want to play 7. Hey. That RPG concept just looks, just looks really interesting. And you know, I love yeah. me some turn bits RPGs. So. Yeah, I really want to play Lack of Dragon too. I don't think I'm going to worry too much about playing them in order. I feel like you could play them out of order and, and still have just as much fun. But yeah. uh, I'll let you know if that ends up not being the case. If I'm just like, who, what, what, <laughs> who, who, who is that? What? Usually, each game adds new, char- new entirely new characters. Like mm-hmm. you're like the Yakuza's switch. It's like a game of musical chairs. It's like yeah. one one minute you're in, the next minute you're out, and then there's a whole new group of characters. Yeah, so. the Yakuza are a fickle bunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> they talk a lot about honor and loyalty, but I don't see too much of it when I'm playing the mm-hmm. video game. Maybe in real life. Who knows? Yeah. 
Anyways. <laughs> so I, I actually been playing a lot of Skyrim still lately. Not really much new to report. I've been streaming it, but I did put up a TikTok of like a, a good shot that I got shooting a hawk out of the sky. It was pretty impressive. I was amazed at myself. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. I've been shooting this bow and arrow for a while now. Okay. <laughs> but as far as new games, I played four new games. One was kind of new-ish, but they were all new to me for sure. First, for Monday Night Brawlers, I played Samurai Warriors Spirit of Sonata. Have you played that before mm. or heard of it? I've heard of it. I've had it a few times. Oh, okay. It's, I guess you could say it's a side story, but what's interesting about it, and I actually ended up really liking it, it focuses on the Sonata family, I guess, of characters mm. from the Samurai Warriors franchise and goes through the younger version of a popular character. They have like a base camp where you can talk to people and collect information to get your like tactical advantages that you can mm-hmm. implement during battles. It's very character driven and focused. And unlike the most recent installment, Five, everybody has their specific weapon or whatever, and you can build them up over time and strengthen them through a blacksmith. It feels a lot more like an RPG than many typical Warriors games, even though many Warriors games do implement RPG elements, obviously. But to me, this feels, this really lays on the role playing aspect because you do planning and you execute tactics. Unfortunately, they don't have English voice acting. So again, you're playing a Warriors game and they're just yelling Japanese at you the whole time and if you don't stop to read but also be careful Mm. not to get your ass kicked while you're reading it's very hard to juggle that so it may take a few pass throughs of certain battles if things get hectic to understand why you didn't get a particular side mission correctly done like you may have missed a cue like somebody was yelling at you in Japanese but what they were saying is go do this thing and save this character and then you miss it and you're like, ah, oh, crap, now I don't have tactical advantage for the next battle because the battles will link up. There might be a series of battles, small battles up to a big one. And depending on how you perform in the previous battles, the big one could be easier to sway your way or not. You know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. it's it's engaging. It is. It's worth it, I think. And I feel like just based on those merits, maybe more worth it to, to seek down a copy rather than playing the new one. Yeah, it's not I, very expensive either. No, it isn't. Uh, I ended up getting my copy, I think, for like 20 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to track down Samurai Warriors 4-2. I guess they, they just called it 4-2 because, because it's yeah. like an add-on to 4. But it, unfortunately, I couldn't find it anywhere available, so it might be kind of rare. Yeah, so. it is. I had a copy a few months ago, and it sold relatively quickly. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, I might be on the hunt for that, but I'm glad that I didn't get it because I would probably have never discovered this game, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So, Good. and then on first time Tuesdays, I played Cooking Mama Cookstar. Oh yeah, on the PlayStation Four, it should not even exist on the PlayStation Four due to like copyright issues and developer publisher beefing. Like the there's mm-hmm. a lot of drama surrounding this game. If you remember, they were accusing Cooking Mama of mining cryptocurrency on the Switch. <laughs> like, yeah. It's that old kerfluffle. I, I, look it up or Google it if you want the whole story. It's Again, I bought it just on a humbug because it was cheap, and I thought, if anything, it's a piece of history. And if they did try to pull it from the store, I'd have a, a physical copy. What I did right. anticipate is that I would have so much fun with it. I think I just really like cooking mini games. And you got to remember, last year, one of my favorite games was Food Truck Tycoon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just, I really enjoy... Cooking. 
cooking. Yeah, who knew? Oh, yeah. And the best part about cooking, Mama, is after every recipe you finish, she does a little dance. No. Yeah. Do a little stinky leg. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. She, she did the salsa, put it up on TikTok. I thought it was cute. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you find it for cheap, I don't think it's the most deep or involved version of the game itself. But if you find a version of Cookstar, I'd say for like 20 or less, I think it's worth it. I had fun with it. Okay, cool. uh, so, yeah, yeah. So the only thing I would say against it is it forces you to use motion controls for some of the mini games. And there's this particular mini game where you need to like wash fruit or vegetables by shaking the PlayStation controller. And no matter how light I did it, it wouldn't register. So I'd have to do it heavy to get it started. And I would inevitably throw half of my fruit out of the bowl. And it'd be almost impossible to get three stars on that particular portion of preparing your dish. So Mm. I don't like that. Other than that, though, it was fun. And then Friday Night Frights, I played Ghost Hunter, and I did finally get it working. You actually joined me for that last week. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. It it definitely started to kind of hit a bit of a lull. Like I I spent way too long in this level in Louisiana fighting these like Wild West country ghosts with horns. I don't know. (laughs) It was really weird. And as you saw. Even though I moved the resolution way down to solve the slowdown, which pretty much did fix it in the beginning, eventually the slowdown still persisted if there were enough ghosts on screen. Yeah. Uh, so it's still kind of hard to run. I think it's an interesting piece of history. It looks fantastic. It definitely looks like a later generation PlayStation 2 game. And I think they put a lot of work into it just based on the visuals and how it plays. And in its hey, I probably would have really enjoyed it. I'm not so sure if I really want to go back and finish it, though. I think I've it's run its course with me. I don't know. I mean, based on what, what you saw, would you be interested in trying it out? Or Yeah, I'd like to try it out. Yeah? Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. We will have to keep an eye out for Ghost Hunter. It is quite rare. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the last game I played is something that was actually in the Nintendo Indie World Showcase this week. Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah, because it's on Games Pass, baby. Oh, so, cool. Oh, oh, yeah. Day one Games Pass. So Boyfriend Dungeon is a dungeon crawler. It's also a dating sim, I guess, which you can almost guess from the name. So mm. essentially, you're new to Venice Beach. You meet up with your cousin. They, they hook you up with an apartment. And then your cousin's like, hey, your mom told me you've never been on a date. I'm going to help you with that. It's the summer of love, <laughs> baby. I'm going to hook you up. And in this world... Some people can just turn into weapons like they have that power and humans who can't turn into weapons like your main character are called wielders and you don't necessarily have to be in a relationship with the weapon. It can be a platonic thing, but essentially in order to like get exercise and work out your fears, you can go to what they call a dunge and they have one <laughs> at the mall because apparently a lot of people's fears manifest at the mall. So I'm getting attacked by like cell phones and TVs. And my cousin's like, does this mean you fear technology? We'll have to delve deeper and find out. So there's like a (laughs) psychological aspect to the game, which I found interesting. What else was interesting about the game, I thought, was the amount of times it tried to consider your feelings. So when you first start the game, it gives you a warning that this game has elements of unwanted advances and stalking and, you know, situations like that in the game. Mm. And, And it says... From time to time, you the game will actually send you texts from a character called Mom. Do you want to turn this feature off? Which I found very interesting because 
personally, I don't have a very good relationship with my mom. And I don't find it triggering to get texts from a character called mom. But since they put that to the forefront of my mind, because I went ahead and said, yeah, I don't want to miss out on content. When I started to get texts from my mom, I did start to feel some type of way. And I was like, oh, (laughs) you know what I mean? So then I switched my character. Text me. (laughs) Right. So I, I was playing as a guy and I switched my character to a girl and then I felt more detached. I was like, okay, I'm just playing as this girl and it's her mom. (laughs) right you basically can meet weapons and then go on dates with them and the more that you use them in the dungeon the more like your bond points go up and then they'll invite you on more dates and the characters are varied and i decided to play through the game as thirsty as i could and it's it's yielding Mm. very funny results i have to say (laughs) there's a particular character in the game who is quite mm, i don't know he's very creepy he, um, he runs oh. a weapon shop, and he's like, I just think that real weapons are superior. Who needs a weapon that has feelings? Am I right? And he's just very, mm, very exclusionary. <laughs> you know, they're writing him a certain type of way, and I think I know where they're going with him. And what's weird is I was on a date with a girl, and she thought she saw somebody watching us from, like, outside. And then she ended the date, like, there's some weird energy going on. I feel like we're being watched, and I don't like it. She left. And mm. then right after, the shop owner texted me he left a rose on my doorstep and he's like how did it go and i'm like how did what go yeah i know right so i think that he's (laughs) he is actually stalking me but currently i'm dating a really cute nightclub owner that i met in the dungeon and like found that his sword like he was kidnapped i guess and he just woke up in in the dungeon and that happened to another girl who was a dagger and then the first character i met he's like a, a an s stock or like a, a rapier style sword you know like a fencing yeah. sword mm-hmm. and he's like a businessman who has a very overbearing father so i'm like getting to know all these different characters and just i'm thirsting dating after all of them, of them. I'm, dating, <laughs> I'm just dating them so hard i don't even know date them even harder <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's fun the combat in the dungeons is pretty good it's a little clunky at first it's very 2D, four directions. Like, you can move the character in eight directions, but they don't stick to the middle kind of directions like they do north, south, east, east and west, if that makes sense. Right. So it's like the, yeah. itrom- the isometrics is not as refined as, say, like Hades, right? Mm-hmm. And when you attack, you kind of get drawn forward. That combined with how aggressive, surprisingly aggressive, the monsters in, in the dungeon is, it takes a second to get used to the combat. And you might take more damage in the beginning than you mean to until you kind of get used to the behavior and what attacks you can avoid, what attacks you can punch through, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm I find that dungeon crawling paired with a good story is my new jam. I used to really like dungeon crawlers like, you know, we talked about Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance on the show before. Right. Like I love stuff like that. But what I'm finding is. When you take that formula and then you marry it with a good story, a la Hades, or this time in in a Boyfriend Dungeon, I like it even more because I feel more connected to my growth and my progress in the dungeon. I think that's one of the reasons why I took to Persona 3 so quickly. Because, I mean, this happens obviously in all the Persona games, but in Persona 3, you know, you do dungeon crawling and it's not very advanced or involved. The dungeons are procedurally generated, except mm-hmm. for like the boss levels. They kind of look the same, but the music slightly changes as you go deeper and deeper, or I guess higher and higher up the tower. Yeah. And uh, but just that merely having that connection to the real world and stuff that you do in the real world relationship wise affecting your progress in the dungeon and vice versa really elevates it. And I'm glad that, you know, other people are taking cues from that. And this is I've never really played a dating sim before. I, I don't think they're really my bag. I don't 
particularly care to play dating sims on their own but marrying yeah. with a with the dungeon crawler i find that i can't get enough i love this game yeah when when vicky saw the trailer for it, she said what the, be, the <laughs> best you know part dude oh my god the best part oh my god is when they first transform from a weapon into a person it is gorgeously animated and sexy like, like the the first animation I saw was the nightclub owner. He was like a red sword, and then he transformed. And his shirt was already open, so you could see his abs, and his hair was flowing. I was like, "Oh my god, this is the brown Adonis!" Like he was like, "Hello," and I was like, "Take me, <laughs> um, take me to the nearest dungeon. <laughs> do it. Let's go." As you know, I am a straight man, but I got the vapors. Mm. You know, he was just exhuming sexual energy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so no, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm going to date the shit out of everybody and see how it goes. I wanted to act thirsty all the way through, but some of the characters are exhibiting traits I don't really like. So I'm, I'm starting to kind of adjust my answers and, and be less agreeable and more like, Ugh, I don't like that. You know, so I might close some doors in the game, but that's kind of the point. You know, everybody's going to play it differently, uh, but I would highly yeah. recommend it. If you have game pass, no excuse not to get it. You have to try this game out. Otherwise, it's out now on Switch. If you want to buy it and support the developers, I feel like you should. And yeah, more more to come on that. So I'll probably probably be playing a little bit more of it this week. I think. Cool. So yeah, that covers all the games I played this week. Let's get into gaming news. Gaming news. I am work. Hey, by the way, I'm working on music. Okay. Okay. It is in play. Please believe. I have. A good friend who makes fantastic music told me recently that he has the bandwidth to work on some music for me. We're going to improve the show, people. It's very important to me. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, Derek, what we got for gaming news, man? You had had the the first story, I believe. Yeah. So in the Back for Blood beta, which is the basically (laughs) spiritual successor to the Left 4 Dead franchise, Mm -hmm. apparently... There are some zombies that have been saying a very, very naughty racist word. Would you like to know what that word is? <laughs> when you say naughty, it takes some of the teeth out of it. It makes it sound almost right? painful. But yes, I would like no, to know no, what that word is. No, no, it's very bad. So, <laughs> basically sounds like the zombie saying the N-word. So it comes across like this. Naga! <laughs> oh my god. Naga! Uh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, That's... you can probably hear it on Twitter right now. Um, yeah. You and I listened to it again fresh today. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. And it's not, I'm sure that it's not meant to be that way, but it's just like kind of two sound bites coming together to form <laughs> that That's the official but... statement from the publisher, because obviously people reached out and they're like, uh, no, 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 no. It's, we got two sound clips. They're mashed together for some reason. We're going to fix it. And, but you know, I feel like is... someone should have caught that. But then again, this is the beta. so Yeah. I mean, I mean that's I guess why we. The point is we catch it, right? It's just right. what an unfortunate mistake. Yikes. Oh, but yeah. no, I mean, most people that I've heard are laughing it off. I don't think anybody thinks it was intentional. Um, right. But it's, yeah, fix that shit, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, far be it for me not to believe that racist zombies exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of that Key and Pill skit where they were in a zombie apocalypse, but they slowly started to realize that all the white zombies didn't want to eat them. They just want to eat other white people. 
Yeah. And they're like, that's some racist <laughs> ass zombies. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm oh, good man. too. I got good meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned Hades earlier. It's out right now on uh, PlayStation and Xbox. And it's, of course, day one games pass for Xbox. Right. Again, y'all need to play this game if you haven't already. It's been you on Switch and PC. <laughs> uh, you might need to, man, because Games Pass, dude. I mean, mm. I'm telling you, it's doing wonders for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's severely... There are a lot of games that I'm, like, wanting to get, and I would definitely go out and pay the money, and then I find out they're going to be on Games Pass, and I'm like, oh, well, okay then. Right. Yeah. So, mm. but yeah, Hades is out. It's fantastic. It was my number two game of the year for 2020, but I'm talking by a hair's breadth of a margin. Like, mm. it, it might as well have been my number one alongside Final Fantasy VII Remake as much as I enjoyed that game. I just remake edged it out thanks to nostalgia, but Hades is wonderful. Right. So, yeah, I might uh, give it a try. Yeah, you try. should, you should, you should. Gamescom 2021 was announced. Uh, that's an Xbox stream where they're going to discuss the latest updates on their first and third party titles. A lot of AAA stuff is probably going to be coming. So mm-hmm. that was announced to stream on August 24th, 2021. And we're going to be, of course, covering it. But I wanted to give everybody a heads up that it's coming out in case you want to check it out, too. And we'll let you know what we thought and, and what you know was notable from the particular presentation. PlayStation side, we got some rumors persisting more on that PlayStation Plus upgrade that we had talked about a few episodes ago. Now they're saying that the upgrade will likely cost more money and Mm. just include Crunchyroll, I guess. I don't know. These are all still rumors at this point. Who knows what eventually they'll do. To me, it's on brand for Sony to add something just like a single thing and then charge more. (laughs) For some reason, I just believe it because Sony is just that bitch 100% lately. Right. It's going to be so, 15 more dollars. And it's like, well, that's how much a crunchy roll membership costs now. So. Yeah, but it's the PlayStation Plus Plus Premium Plus. Right. <laughs> Premium purchase. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But good news that I know that you're going to be very excited about. There's a demo dropping mm. soon. Oh, yeah. Tales of Arise are getting a demo. Arise, Was it chicken. August? Arise, chicken. Oh, nice. Rice chicken. It's August 18th. Oh, my goodness. So we know the game itself is dropping September 10th. So I'm thinking yes. this might be one of those. We haven't confirmed this, but I'm thinking it's one of those demos where it probably carries over your progress. But it's going to be dropping on PlayStation and Xbox next Wednesday. So in just a few so. days. Yeah. Are you going to try it? I think so. I have Wednesday off. I took it off. Well, I don't want to say why I took it off because a listener will get spoiled. But uh, right. I took it off for reasons. And if I have some extra time, yeah, I'll probably check it out. Cool. Yeah, I would like to hear what you think about it. Because it, it, it's like completely overhauled visually mm. from the previous games. And I just uh, can't wait. Oh yeah, I will certainly give it a shot. Certainly give it a shot. All right. And then we had a couple, uh, just to round off the news, we had a couple of major indie showcases. I really love indie games. I don't play them as much as I would like. I feel like you may have a similar relationship with indie games. Yeah. Mad respect to indie games. And I'm going to get into more of why that is as we discuss these games. Here's another reason why I like that I got Series X. I think Nintendo does a decent job of promoting indies. Definitely better than PlayStation. 
I think really PC, if you're deep into PC, that's where it's at. I think they've always been the best place for indies. For sure. However, Series X, the fact that they're pushing so many indies through Games Pass and they're fun, they're helping fund them and, and promote them. I feel like Microsoft has been like super decent to indies. I mean, you could trace that all the way back to Xbox 360, really. Some of the first indie mm-hmm. games I ever played was on the 360, and when they started pushing them, you know, like the indie, their indie early indie showcases or summer of indies and stuff like that. So, just getting a Series X lately puts a lot more of these indies in my sights and makes it a lot more likely I'll get a chance to play them just because I really have no excuse not to. So, all right, shout out to Xbox. Yeah. All right. Speaking of shouting out to Xbox, let's talk about the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. <laughs> <laughs> right. Swerve. <laughs> Uh, so Nintendo had a grouping of games that are out now, coming out before the end of this year or coming out next year. So I'll just kind of run through them real quick, and then we'll talk about which ones interested us afterwards. Okay. On the already out right now, and you can totes play them right now if you want to play them right now, we have Axiom Verge 2, Boyfriend Dungeon, also on Game Pass, Garden Story, Islanders, Console Edition, and then lastly, Necro Barista Final Pour. Any of those games interesting you? I know Boyfriend Dungeon does. Yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon's like the only one that interests me out of those. Okay. Axiom Verge I'm kind of interested in because I like Metroidvanias, but the thing is I never finished the first one. I feel bad about that. I have it. I think I have a couple copies of it. I just never got around to playing it, so that's something I need to do first. Uh, and then as far as games that are coming out before the end of the year, we have Eastward coming out September 16th. Tetris Effect Connected, October 8th, Tome, the fall, Loop Hero, this holiday, finally, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon coming out this holiday as well. Cool. Tetris Effect Connected just sounds like Tetris Effect, but on the Switch, which I'm not mad yeah. at. Uh, I love Tetris right. Effect. I kind of already have access to it, so I'm like, eh, well, whatever. Loop Hero looks really interesting, but I hear it's really not new. It's the first I've heard of this game, but I, maybe it's like a PC release initially. That's mm-hmm. the one where you get all these different cards that you can place to kind of expand a dungeon as somebody is exploring it and help them explore it by expanding like which areas they go to next. It's like you're building the dungeon as they go through it. It's a really hmm. interesting concept. It reminds me a lot of one of those auto-scrolling browser games that you would play. Except yeah. for obviously beefed up to eleven. Uh, any anything in that list that you were interested in? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Shovel yeah, Knight look good too. I, I like I like me some match threes. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, call me basic guys. I just I. Hey man, every everybody has different tastes. I think that's why. What I really enjoy about our show and discovering other shows, especially gaming podcasts, is that I've been able to find such a rich mix of tastes. And I was mm-hmm. actually literally coincidentally listening to Gamer Friends today. It was an episode that they did back in, I want to say, October or November. And they were talking about Resident Evil Village. And they're like, nope, not going to play it. We need a right. horror correspondent. And I'm like, I will be your horror correspondent. But the thing <laughs> is, we kind of need a multiplayer correspondent because we never play stuff like Apex or Rocket League. You know what I mean? Right. And there's, yeah. for a while, we weren't touching Xbox until I just recently got one. You know what I mean? So right. we're all just kind of speaking to our strengths and, and what we love. And it is what it is. So don't feel don't feel bad about it. No big deal. <sighs> Next year, we have Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Now, that's going to be exclusive to Switch. That's the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far Changing Tides. 
and then Metal Slug Tactics. All out in 2022. Anything interesting there? Bomb Rush Cyberfunk looks For sure. awesome. For sure. <laughs> it looks awesome. For sure. I just, I, I never, so I never owned Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio or any of the Jet Set games. Hmm. I always played the demo. So when I was, uh, I think around 12, I had braces. And I would go to the orthodontist office and they had a Sega Dreamcast there. And they also had Jet Set Radio on there and i would play it while i was waiting on my appointment i would play that i would play sonic adventure battle 2 and they were good times and i just remember like really enjoying just grinding and spray painting and just oh so cool (laughs) and the cell shaded graphics are just amazing and they still look great to this day yeah good choice on the aesthetic and bomb rush for its part the traversal and the gameplay, it looks like it really captures that, which is what it's yeah. got me interested in it, too, to be honest. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics also is fantastic. I know you're not a Tactics fan. I know this. Right. I do like Metal Slug, though. And, man, does it look beat for beat. Like, all the um, animations and the wacky mm-hmm. bosses. Like, it really looks like it captures the spirit of Metal Slug and just puts it into a Tactics game. Yeah. Might be worth a look-see for any Metal Slug fans out there. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Xbox Indie Showcase then. This one's a little bit more robust. I'll talk about the games that are out now. We have Sam and Max Save the World Remastered, Library of Ruina. Uh, That's where you kind of battle other librarians with cards and dice to gain books (laughs) for your library, I guess. It looks like some Japanese nonsense. I love it. It's on Game Pass right now. I'm I'm definitely going to check it out sometime this week. So those are the two that, that are out right now. And then as far as before the end of the year, we have Stardew Valley coming to Game Pass this fall, which I thought Stardew Valley was already out on Xbox. Maybe they're just announcing it. I think it is. Maybe they're just announcing it for, yeah, they're they're announcing it for Game Pass. Game. I don't know. Yeah. Artful Escape looks really fucking cool. It is a multi-dimensional rock opera adventure game. Hmm. And it uh, it's got a lot of voice talent that are notable, like Carl Weathers, uh, Lena Headley, stuff like that. Uh, Jason oh, okay. Schwartzman, I think, is in it. It is coming to Games Pass on September 9th. Then Ollie Ollie World is confirmed to be 4K, 120 frames per second. That's coming out in the winter. Uh, we got Aeon Drive. There's a demo out right now for Aeon Drive, and the official game is coming out sometime this fall. Paparazzi, which is <laughs> like Pokemon Snap, but for little doggos. Ooh. That's going to be coming to Game Pass soon. Origami 2 will be launching on Game Pass on September 17th. Evil Genius 2 World Domination, which is a villain sim with four separate character campaigns where you basically play as a villain, you train your subordinates, you draw out plans for stealing the moon or death rays, whatever kind of bullshit. Looks <laughs> looks very um, Despicable Me almost, but right. not, not tiny minions. They're still like regular-sized human beings or whatever. One, what's really funny to me, one of the characters that you can play as looks just like Hillary Clinton. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> figure out how to steal these emails back. <laughs> oh my god. That's gonna be coming to Game Pass this year. I'm definitely checking that one out. RPG Time, The Legend of Right. That is a handmade RPG that takes place actively in a notebook. It's like a kid who wants to create a game. And they're just drawing it frame by frame in the notebook before they leave school for the day. It's, it's, it looks really cute. Hmm. Um, that's coming out this winter. Inked 
A Tale of Love. It's like a love story puzzler. That's out on August 27th. There is The Big Con, which is about a runaway teen con artist hustling across 90s America. That's out August 31st. Then we have The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. This is why I love indie games. The Veil, Shadow of the Crown is an audio-only adventure where you play as a blind character. Oh, yeah, so it's okay. you're just you're just listening to audio cues and then playing the game based on that. I don't know exactly how it's going to play because the trailer just gave you the sounds and then showed a bunch of people raving about it. Like Kotaku says, it's the greatest game ever made. <laughs> Is this a black screen? <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I think that's neat because it gives you the experience of what it's like to play games as a blind person. Like You're really getting into the mindset of the main character, too, who is blind. I think mm-hmm. that's neat. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Um, there, there may have been audio adventures before, but a bit more based on the limitation of technology rather than like that being the concept. Right. Um, and that's why I love indie games, because they do wild shit like that. And I bet it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So that's coming out uh, next week on August 19th. Space Good. Lines from the Far Out. That is where you can run an intergalactic travel company with your friends, like a multiplayer game. And that's coming out this fall. Anything I mentioned there that uh, sounded interesting? Not really. Besides fair the blind, uh, the blind game. But other than that, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Then next year we have Lightyear Frontier, Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous. That one looks like a classic Diablo-style overhead RPG. So for those of you that are boycotting Blizzard, if you need that Diablo fix, try Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous. Coming out this March first, twenty twenty-two. Then we have the the Wandering Village, which is a city builder on the back of a giant beast. And then Labrat, which is a portal-like game with, like, overhead puzzle solving. And that comes out in 2022. Okay. So, yeah. Labrat sounds like something I might be interested in. Yeah. And the, the, the cool thing is all these games are very varied and different. There seems to be, like, something for everybody to look forward to to kind of fill the gap in between your large AAA releases. But again, the more of these indies I play and the, the more games I play in general, the more I find that they kind of stand shoulder to shoulder with the bigger games. I mean, the bigger games definitely right. have their appeal and their draw for the experience that they create. But I love these little bite-sized experiences, the games that are shorter or maybe easier to digest or that play so radically different, they're hard to compare I love indie games for that. So if you're interested in either showcase, of course, you can go and find the streams. There's a lot of channels that will lovingly just kind of stitch all the trailers together so you don't have to listen to the streamers or people go, wow, what an amazing game. What did you think about that game, person? (laughs) That game sure was a game. Wow, let's talk to the developer about the game. So you can skip all that shit. (laughs) Unless Mm. you're interested in watching it, you know, I'm like, no judgments, no judgments. Not for me. I can see for myself that it's a good game. I don't need you to tell me. Speaking of telling us stuff, we had people reach out to us to tell us a few things this week in a segment we like to call Listener Questions. I'm going to start off the first one. This is from David S. This was on Facebook. We got, what is your favorite boss from any video game and why? Take it away. Full Metal Merc. Okay. All right. So I'm going to cheat here. I've got two. That's but okay. I'm gonna let say you say as you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna say my first one, then you can say yours, then I'm gonna say my last one. First one, Poseidon from God of War Three. Hmm. 
Remind me of that one. I played God of War 3, but it's been a while. Poseidon is the first enemy that you fight in God of War 3. As mm-hmm. you're scaling Mount Olympus on the backs of the Titans, you're... <laughs> it's just so crazy. You're on the back of Gaia, and it's just ridiculousness. You get this cool cutscene where Poseidon jumps into the ocean, and then he comes up as this giant water god with these four or five water horse heads and you have to defeat each one of the heads individually and the scale of this at that time nothing on this scale had been done in a video game to Mm. that i had played like it was just was crazy now i don't remember if asherah's wrath came out yet but if it had not nothing on the scale had been done i don't think asherah's asherah's wrath was out at the time i don't think no okay yeah so I just love how epic and grand and varied it is. There's platforming mixed in with the boss fight. It breaks up the fights between the different horse heads so it doesn't get too stale. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally get to Poseidon, he just comes up and he's just like, You dare challenge a god of Olympus? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he just looks epic. And it's so dope. And then you're just using your Blades of Chaos and the Blade of Olympus. And you're just going in. And there's so many different stages to this fight. And the music is just super on point. And then at the end, you finally get him out of his giant water form. And you just proceed to beat his ass. <laughs> it's ass. a QTE. Yeah, it's a QTE. And you just like, just mercilessly just wrecking him. And then at the end of it... You stab your thumbs in his eye, break his neck, and then toss him over. And that's it. Savage. And that, yeah, that to me is just one of my favorite boss fights. God of War always has, like, just such amazing boss fights. Anyway. Yeah, the, the newest God of War with the fights you have against Baldur, love those. Mm-hmm. Love those. All yeah, right. Yeah. I don't want to go back and forth. What's your second one? Just tell me. Okay, okay. My second one is Zimnus from Kingdom Hearts 2. As y'all okay. know, Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite game. Xemnas mm-hmm. is so fucking cool. He's so like, just have you played Kingdom Hearts 2? Like, have you beaten you beaten it? Of course, it? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just making sure because yeah. I know you're not as big a fan as me. But yeah. no, no, um, you, you gotta understand something. I was on board with Kingdom Hearts when they first announced the original Kingdom Hearts, and it was Disney cross Final Fantasy. This is back before Final Fantasy wasn't everything, and they had done a bunch right. of spinoffs. I was in mm-hmm. love with the concept. I was constantly on my computer watching the little bullshit like Flash website, waiting for them to upload the next world, wondering like which world you could go to. Mm-hmm. And I devoured that game. The second one came out, loved it. I didn't start to lose steam with Kingdom Hearts until somewhere between the two, the gap between two and three, which is a period of several years where... Right. It just started to do all the spinoffs that were like story dependent Portable, on, that, yeah. on systems I didn't own. Like I played the Game Boy Advance game that linked one and two, and I I mm-hmm. beat that both campaigns, Sora and Riku, and I was fine. I was rolling with them still, but then after right. two, they're like this one's on DS and this one's on PSP, and I was just like, and and when I I tried to get into the one on DS, the three hundred and fifty eight over whatever, mm-hmm. that. <laughs> That's where they kind of yeah. lost me. And I was like, okay, okay. this is dumb. <laughs> All right. So, so getting back to Zimnus. Yes. It's just a classic case of Final Fantasy, Final Final Fantasy boss, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got like five different forms. So before you even get to him, you're running through the world that, was it the 
the world that never was or something. The world that never was, exactly. And you're going through and buildings are coming at you and you're slicing the buildings up with your keyblade. It's just so cool. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's a set I, piece as well, I'll admit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've replayed that I've saved and replayed that part so many times when it was like when it was fresh. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And then you proceed to fight various forms of Zimnus. At one point, there's a giant cyber metal dragon, and you're riding on like a hoverboard with Riku, and you're it's like a shoot 'em up section, basically. Mm-hmm. Finally, when you reach Zimnus's final form, and he's just in this reverse organization outfit, it's a uh, white with black like tribal shit going on, and then he pulls yeah, out straight hot two lightsabers. Right, he pulls out two lightsabers. Mm. <laughs> and he's just like, now. yeah, and he's just like dashing around, teleporting. We shall go together, you know, doing all that. <laughs> yeah, that part where he makes like a million lightsaber beams yes. appear around you, Riku, and then you have to constantly yes. mash triangle to block all of them. That's triangle fun. and X. Oh yeah, you just take your your index and your middle finger and go. Yep. And I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking epic. Yeah, no, I'm deflecting cool. all of these laser beams. And laser then beams. you Right, and then you get the cutscene of them defeating Zimnus, mm-hmm. which is just, it's, it's great. It's cool. Riku passes his keyblade off to Sora, and mm-hmm. then he like does a, a cross key slash on Zimnus. And then they come back and they shoot the keyblade beam through him, and it's just, yeah. uh, it's beautiful. Shoot the beam. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's nonsense, but it's cool. It is sure. nonsense, but... A whole lot of nonsense. Great. I might just go replay that. It right. sounds like it. All yeah. right. Oh. <laughs> That's, uh... It was... The game, again, the game started already go off the rails by two, but it was still a lot of mm-hmm. fun. I was like, nobody's... Okay. All Not right. to mention, your final form... You can use your final form, where you get mm-hmm. the two keyblades floating around. And, uh, I love that. Uh, that final form. I love the way yes. that you can level up the forms, too. Oh my god, so great. How they kind of play to the strength of the form itself. But we're going to go on a tangent about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right. So I'll do two bosses since you did two bosses. So my first one's going to seem kind of obvious. Anybody that's played Metal Gear is probably going to bring this up, you know, at one time or another. Metal Gear Solid is, again, another franchise with fantastic boss battles. But to me, the standout will always be Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis oh, yeah. is, of course, he's got psychic powers. And the thing that really blew my mind about this boss fight was just how meta it was. Because when you start fighting Psycho Mantis, like even before you start fighting him, when he's talking to you, he's like trying to prove, you know, that his power is real. And he's like, I can read mm-hmm. your mind. And if you have any Konami games on your memory card, or if you're playing Twin Snakes and you have like Smash Brothers on your Nintendo memory card, he will tell it, like, oh, you like to play Castlevania, don't you? Or you like to play <laughs> Suikoden. He'll know and tell you what's on your memory card, which is amazing. And then he asks you to put your controller on the floor, and he says he's going to move it with your mind. And what's funny, so you, put your con- you put your controller on the floor, and, of course, it vibrates really violently, and it starts to move. You're right. And, and then <laughs> when the fight actually starts, this is the best part. When you go to shoot him, he always dodges out of the way, and you can't hit him. And when you're first playing, you're like, what the hell? Stand is busted. <laughs> right? And at your most desperate hour, you get a codec call from Campbell. And he's like, switch the controller to port two. And I'm like, the fuck? So <laughs> you can pull your controller out and put it in port two. And then he can't, quote unquote, read your moves. Genius. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? 
the whole thing just played so well with the hardware and it was such an interesting use of the features. I really wish Kojima was developing full-time games that specifically worked on all the kitschy bullshit that consoles try to sell you on. I wish he was right. making a game specifically for haptic controllers right now. Maybe he is. Um, yeah, it could be. Motion control, stuff like that. Because I feel like he does such interesting things with, you know, like the tech that most people kind of pass over, except for your your Astro's playrooms and stuff like that. Yeah. The second boss fight I'm going to choose is from a game that's pretty much all boss fights, and that's Shadow of the Colossus. Ah, uh, yes. Shadow of the Colossus is a fantastic game. It's a masterpiece. It is just perfect in every way. It's not super long, but it doesn't need to be. And the very last boss, just getting to this boss, is like WW2. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're trying to run towards it, and it's shooting like these giant electric bombs at you that just blow up the landscape and shoot debris and dirt everywhere and you have to find some way to get across without getting shot all to hell and then climbing Mm -hmm. up this fucker is like trying to climb up the empire state building with arms but it's constantly trying to shake you off and Mm -hmm. you have to shoot parts of its body to get it to touch other parts while you're clinging onto its hand and then jump to a shoulder and then the head and this and that and the other it is just fantastic the music is on point the weather's going crazy it's like your final climactic battle it's super memorable it's still difficult no matter how many times you do it not impossible but things can always go wrong if you uh if you mess up it punishes you pretty well and i find it to be just the perfect ending to a game about all boss fights special shout out to i think the bird colossus yeah i really like that one yeah, I like how the music shifts, too, when you actually catch on to the bird and, and when you're mm-hmm. flying through the air. It's just epic. So definitely yeah. a great game people should check out. And that would be my favorite boss fights. Oh, two good ones. All right. And to, to round off, we had a couple other people write in via email. Kendall Murkison write in, your brother. Yeah, little bro. Yeah. Not really a question. He said, <laughs> but I just wanted to agree with you on what you're feeling this week. I, myself have been making avocado toast for the past two months for breakfast every Saturday. This is a man after my own heart. <laughs> now, he gave us the recipe. He said some good old sourdough, Italian seasoning, bacon, and a sunny side egg on top. Mwah, chef's kiss. He says, I always ask myself what I'm feeling this week when listening, and that's always been one of them. Oh, that and cucumber water. I made and drank a gallon's worth of it, and I felt like a million bucks. Hmm. What is well, uh? What's cucumber water supposed to do for you? I don't know, Kendall. What's yes, cucumber water supposed right. to do for you? <laughs> um, I'm I I hear it can it can kind of cleanse you. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean cucumber is healthy. I've heard people drinking it before, but uh, you know, if you felt like a million bucks, maybe it's worth trying. Right. Mm. And right. then finally, Hi, Ron B. Ron B. writes in. He was talking about one of the things that he's feeling that he wanted us to check out, but I'll talk about it later because I I was actually feeling it. Um, mm-hmm. And he also wanted to ask our opinion on, now that we're using TikTok, the, the controversy surrounding TikTok. Now, you know of white creators purposely following black creators, copying their dances, and then the white creators that copy them being the one to go on Jimmy Fallon or other shows and do the dances mm-hmm. not as good and not credit the original creator. We know about that. Right. Yeah. He had mentioned that there seems to be a real issue with the algorithm. A lot of leftist creators will get their videos reported by people who don't like what they're saying and they'll get auto banned without their videos being reviewed. Sounds a lot like DMC takedowns on YouTube, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
But for some reason, people who do offensive or racist or homophobic content don't seem to get reported as much. And if they do, they don't seem to get taken down at the same rate. He's worried that maybe like the owners might have a conservative bent. And it could be true. I mean, they are rich. Rich people typically almost always have a conservative bent. Right. He mentioned that even with like the creator's funding program, that channels that even say Black Lives Matter or have any kind of left-leaning political bent to them don't typically get funded. But the ones that are white supremacists will get through. And creators have actually tested this. So I can't say that surprises me. I've heard some of it a little bit here and there, to be honest. It's not super new to me. Only thing I can say, and I, I would assume that you would agree with me on this, find creators that you support that put out that content and share them around, like their content, comment. The engagement that you give to a channel that you support, especially if they're not getting love from TikTok, it's going to help push past that algorithm and get them out there. So um, my advice is just do what you can to promote those channels. And if they decide to flee the platform, which I don't blame them, share and and support wherever they decide to go to and share that around as well. It could be that TikTok is not the thing that lasts forever and we end up moving on to some other platform. Who knows? So Mm -hmm. I'm open for that. There's always something else. Always something else. All right. I guess the last thing I want to get into this week, sir is uh what you feeling i'm feeling a new movie on netflix from sony pictures animation called vivo oh i saw actually a just, of that yeah yeah i actually just watched this with the whole family and nora was just glued to the television but it's about a was it a kikachu Ki- a kukachu a kikachu. A, a pik- it's about a it's about a, a little monkey, a little monkey. <laughs> yeah it's about uh, an exotic monkey in cuba who sings and plays music with this elder black latino man basically it ends up being a story about how the monkey has to get the song that his owner wrote to the love of his life Mm. and it's just it's really fun really musical the animation is done really well i mean sony pictures animation has really just been kind of killing it lately i don't know if you've seen uh mitchell's versus the robots the fam has i haven't had a chance to catch it personally. yeah no i actually really like that movie and that was from sony pictures animation too so they're they're kind of on a roll spider-man mitchell's and now vivo uh i'm i really enjoyed it i'm sure i'm gonna be watching it over and over again because i'll probably be like can we watch the monkey <laughs> daddy can we watch well, actually, the funny thing is she was watching Mr. Monkey, the mechanic, before I mm-hmm. came to do the do the show. So, yeah, Vivo, really enjoying it. A lot of music, a lot of singing. I love it. A lot of uh, great voice talent in there and well-known actors. So uh, if you haven't seen it, give it a, just give it a look. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, I'll try to check it out, see if I can get the fam to watch it. I think I tried to get Ben to watch it at one time, and he wasn't feeling it, but that's just because he was really wanting to watch another show. So mm-hmm. maybe I, maybe we can try that again. Well, this week, I am feeling a show that was recommended by one of our listeners. Ron B. had wrote in asking if either of us had seen Mr. Robot. I haven't. I believe you haven't seen Mr. Robot either, right? No, I have not. I went and checked it out. You can see it on Amazon. It's a USA original, and it stars... Josh from Until Dawn, the crazy one. <laughs> and I think yeah. his name is Remy Malik. I can't remember how to pronounce Remy his Malik. name. Remy Malik. Remy Malik, thank you. Yep. He plays like a just a genius hacker with anxiety issues, which I know sounds pretty rote and stock, but he does a pretty good job in the role. 
it does come off as kind of preachy at times. Like, uh, are you on Facebook? No, I'm not on Facebook. I don't do Facebook. <laughs> um, and there's this even the scene where, you know, he's he met some other hackers and they're watching the movie hackers from the 90s and they're critiquing it with seriousness. Mm. They're like. Hollywood, rep- there's probably somebody writing a TV show right now representing us doing some dumb shit like this. I ain't never seen a virus sing to me. I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's dumb. Just enjoy it for being. I feel like a real hacker would watch that and just laugh and have fun. Right, you know I mean? exactly. So that yeah. was that was. It, sometimes it gets a little judgy, but the show itself is actually super interesting. The main character, Rami, he works for a cybersecurity firm, which is probably the thing he hates the most because he is a hacker. Mm-hmm. And the big corporation is called E Corp, but everybody calls them Evil Corp. And at, at the beginning, I thought it was just like under their breath, like "Oh, Evil Corp," because they're a huge corporation that owns everything. Think like Amazon, but they produce mo- most of the things they sell. Mm-hmm. But then you see that Evil Corp is in their domain name, and it's on their commercials, and and everybody's saying it. I'm like, are they literally oh, called Evil Corp? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I I don't understand that. That's a little on the nose. There's this whole thing where he meets up with some hackers trying to take down Evil Corp and he gets wrapped up in them, but their morality is kind of dubious. Like they say they want to wipe all the debt that Evil Corp owns, which is good and magnanimous, but then they do ill shit like hurt people or they want to blow up this building and they don't care if people are inside. And again, mm-hmm. it's, it's another example of leftist revolutionaries being painted as more cruel and violent than they really need to be. And so right. he's kind of stuck in the middle trying to play both sides. Despite hmm. that, I do still find it pretty interesting and engaging. And I hear that its final season wraps up really, really well. Like it sticks the landing, which to me, A, there's a landing. Good. I get to finish this show someday. That's awesome. <laughs> right. But, but B, I know I'm not wasting my time by going through it because it, it comes to a satisfactory conclusion, at least critically acclaimed so far. So, right. Okay, um, yeah, I'm cool. like six episodes in. The episodes are dumb long. They're super long. But so far, everything has been really interesting. I've enjoyed the writing, aside from some of the tropey bits. And I'm going to continue watching it. I'm feeling it. So, Mr. Robot. Awesome. Yeah. Mr. Roboto. All right. Domo. Domo. Speaking of Domo, (laughs) we're going to say Domo to Anchor here in a minute. And then we'll be back to close out the show. So, don't touch that dial. All right. And we're back. Uh, I mean, I guess we were kind of here before, but it was a pre-recorded advertisement. Anyways, Derek, (laughs) if the people out there are trying to figure out where they can find you at. They want to get some of the gamer goodies and more. Check out some of the pickups that you found this week. Where, where can they locate you at? They can go to the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. Follow me on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. Awesome. All right. And if you want to find us the show... Anchor.fm slash player two is entered the pod is our hub and we can be listened wherever podcasts are available. That's Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com if you have questions, string suggestions, etc. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash player two is entered the pod. You can find us on TikTok.com slash at player two is entered the pod. You can find us on YouTube. Player two has entered the podcast. Subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. You want to find me personally? You know I'd be on Twitter. At Mike Peterson AL. Check me out. I'm on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash MC Paperstacks. I'm streaming Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. 
check the schedule if you like brawlers if you like horror games if you like games that are you know a fresh first time play i do these things and then finally listeners i want to just take a moment to say we appreciate you and if you appreciate us we would very much appreciate you visiting our patreon patreon.com slash player two is enter the pod any money you put towards the patreon we will put back into this show we're both doing okay but again this is a labor of love we got families to support so we, anything we put in this show right now is coming directly out of our pockets and we really want to do what we can to grow it so if you love the show if you're a big fan if you have passion for it like we do show us some love you can do that there any amount you're able to give us we very much appreciate it and that is the show this week thanks for coming out thanks for listening we appreciate you we love you and we will see you next week bye-bye peace